0: go under the specter of the gun and delve into the seedy underbelly of a galaxy where an Imperial agent observes from the shadows through a sniper scope. Then we'll jump to light speed and cross the galaxy to visit the front lines of the war, where we'll observe the heroics of Republic troopers doing what they do best, blowing things up. Then we'll round out the show with a lively discussion on the latest BioAir Q&A and take a look at some of, the upcoming patch, one, some of the upcoming 1.3 patch information. All that and more on this week's episode of Torked. Time for Torque, the Star Wars The Old Republic podcast with unlimited power. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week are our two lovely hosts. Hi there, Heather.
1: Hello there, Chris. And hello
0: there, Nikki. Hello, Chris. Now, we're doing episode six live on April 30th for release on May 1st, 2012. And uh, we've got a bunch of stuff coming up in episode six, Spectre of the Gun. But uh, before we get to the news, and before we introduce our first math segment... The ladies want to talk a little Imperial Agent and Republic Trooper.
2: Sure, I'll take it. So, with the Imperial Agent, uh, starting off at the top, fitting into the MMO Trinity, the, uh, the Imperial Agent is pretty much a very potent DPS on both sides, whether you pick sniper or operative. They're both just ridiculously powerful DPS classes, but also if you're going with the Operative, you have a second option as running Healer. Mm. It's um, actually just from what I've seen, especially since Patch 1.2 and seeing a few guildies who run Operative, very, very solid Healer class and very very well-rounded build. Then just uh, moving, of course, into the Advanced classes, starting off with that Operative, Stealthy DPS in the concealment tree. It's um, unfortunately received a slight nerf to that concealment tree in patch 1.2, but still very potent. Um, Very rogue-esque from if there's anyone's from some previous MMOs, that's kind of how it feels to play. Poison daggers, fibro knives, very stabby in the back (laughs) sort of of stuff. And then, of course, with the healer, um, just uh, healing scan, medic darts, Fun stuff. Either way, very interesting class to play. And then the other one being the sniper. You're looking at your sniper rifle in the marksmanship tree for your range. The -hmm. engineering tree is a little more tech, using droids, explosive, things like that. And then between the two of them, you have the lethality tree, which is um, basically just a lot of shared skills. Poison dart, um, poison grenades, things like that. And then, if you want to hybridize from there, uh, the best way to hybridize is if you're in the op- operative advanced class and then just mixing your medic in either concealment or lethality. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So in then moving into the companions, um, first one you, the- you get as an agent, um, you have uh, Calico Gliogenist. Janus, A uh, range mm-hmm.
1: tank, a romanceable option for the, for the males. Uh, you also have. Melee DPS uh, Victor, Hylas, Highless Uh Yeah, I was like, how do you... let's picture his name? I can't remember the the female robot romance option. Uh, Doctor Loken, Loken, <laughs> Loken.
2: Um uh, oh, sure it's Loken.
1: Loken. Yeah, Loken. I thought so. Uh, healer DPS and remembering that he transforms into a raccoon, but the, depending on the uh, the stance you have him in. So, mm-hmm. uh, another male ramp uh, option, uh, range DPS is Ensign, uh, Raina Temple. And you've also got another melee tank, uh, interesting crazy droid, uh, Scorpio. Because you need a crazy droid.
2: Absolutely. Yes, mm-hmm. the, um, the Imperial Agent's Companions are probably some of the most eccentric people you'll find. Yeah. Um, Kaleo Janus, especially... In she's rat-attacky, she's got a very sordid past, so that really comes out in her storyline. Um, Victor Hylas, he's um, um, he's done um, some specific works with the Killicks, if you've been to all around, you know who the Killicks are. Mm-hmm. I won't spoil too much in the storyline, but um, you'll find he's been uh, uh, working with them a little, maybe a little bit too much. Um, <laughs> well, doc- Dr. Loken just transforming into a Rackle, you know, Loken Mad, Loken Smash, Rackle. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. Um Temple's, oddly enough, the one that's the least crazy, because um, she doesn't change into anything.
1: <laughs> but,
2: uh, and then there's Scorpio, which, uh, if anyone saw the um, April Fool's uh, Star Wars um, videos for the, oh, the ship Oh, that pack. one. Yes, that's from the the faux romance video that they did for right. the April, April Fool's joke. So two VR 8 was trying to romance Scorpio. So if anyone saw that <laughs> yeah, and right. has actually experienced some of the Scorpio storyline. Yeah. Yep. It's uh for, yep. for a it's rather no, interesting.
1: Okay, for, for for a fresh out of training guy moving through this, it, I suppose it makes sense that as a you know, as this agent that as you move through um you, know, you have option for a conscience, you're trying to move through the imperial agenda, that you would gather all these kind of eccentric people to kind of get all of the information you want and to move forward into that into that storyline, into that life.
2: Huh. Yeah, very cunning, very cloak and dagger storyline. Sounds um, really compelling. It, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's probably one of the best. Um, it, um, it's, um, it has the least amount of canon references when you think about it mm-hmm. but um, yeah. as soon as people get into it and start playing it it's very well done yeah um, very often it's
1: called a very a deep very adult without being you know adult more like a very deep storyline where it's you know you have to pay where there's a lot going on there's a lot of backstory for all the
2: characters very cool very neat. There's, there's a lot of those subtle nuances and, some, and as we said before, some very eccentric characters. So that's definitely something you can really sink in your teeth into compared to something like the Jedi and Sith. They're both very, mm-hmm. their stories we're very used to by comparison to the agent, which right. is very new, very fresh. Well, that's kind of the appeal to it for some people. Mm. Yeah. Oh, hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Something you just totally have not seen before. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, Nikki, do you
2: want to jump over to the Republic Trooper and set us up there? Sure. Um, With the Trooper, um, oddly enough, um, that was my second character to level up. Um, Trooper, you're fitting into the MMO Trinity. You have the Tanking class, which is a a Shield Specialist Spec um, Vanguard Advanced class. The DPS, which is pretty much. Either advanced class, pretty much any tree, just as long as you're not speccing into tanking or he- healing. Mm. And then, of course, the healer spec is the commando advanced class in the uh, combat medic tree. So essentially, from there, you know, pick your advanced class, go with whatever you're after. Um, with Vanguard, you, of course, tank spec with shield specialist or the DPS tree with tactics or assault specialist, keep in mind um for the Vanguard, you're gonna be much more up close and personal. Whereas going with commando for DPS, you're gonna be further back. You've got the big assault Mm -hmm. cannon, Mm -hmm. those um uh, giant assault cannons that you might have seen in like the Clone Wars, things like that, those absolutely gigantic blasters that just seem to blow everything into million pieces. And then I see with healing uh, the combat medic. That's of course uh, commando. Uh, very similar in some ways to the bounty hunter healing spec. Um, so just um, generally speaking, for hybridization from there, um, some it's a little more subtle from what I've seen. Primarily, just um, going to. Mostly at the gunnery tree for DPS, and then just dropping, say, your last um, eight to 10 points in your combat medic if you're a commando, or for example, if you're a vanguard, let's say you're primarily tanking, but you decide you want a little bit more uh, offensive punch, you can drop some extra points into the tactics, which um, gives you, uh, I think, um, like a vibro knife, something like that, just to add a little bit of uh, extra punch. Hmm. Soon. Yeah. And yes, the, and yeah. for Go ahead. Sorry. Then.
1: Go ahead. Uh for the companions with this character, uh, one good thing is with all the gear, heavy armor, all kind of aim endurance, great hand me down material.
2: Ah, yeah. So you don't
1: have to worry so much about going out there and worrying about each different one. Uh, yes,
2: that was huge when I was leveling up yeah. my true purpose. Just just pass everything down the line as soon as you get right. uh, mm-hmm. new stuff. Just keep passing it on, and it was great. Yeah. I never searched for companion's gear. Hmm. I yep. never had to sacrifice, say, picking up commendations to get upgrades for oh, my yeah. armor because I keep passing my stuff down. So I was never having to worry about picking up companion armor as quest rewards.
1: Yep, I like family that. Who's every little kid gets the pass-me-downs <laughs> down the line. <laughs> but-,
0: but in a video game, it's a good thing.
1: Well, yeah, because it's much easier that way. Yeah. But uh, your ranged DPS is Eric Jorgen, uh, cathar. and oddly enough, a female romance, should Mm. you wish to go uh, hang out with him. Uh, You like your cat a little too much. Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) If cat Um, does it for you. (laughs) Yeah. Slightly less crazy is Alara Dorn, uh, actually Imperial Defector, and a male romance option. Uh. So she kind of has that going on you know a lot of her story seems like oh great i'm an imperial defector oh, <laughs> yes okay. everyone don't hate me okay um in one forex range tank a uh, prototype battle droid i saw him and i just thought he was cool little just crawling around uh, a battle droid that looked really neat neat uh tanovic another melee tank loose cannon you know just big soldier guy
2: yeah He's a little, he's
1: a little nuts. Well, you know. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, explosives and demolitions expert who likes their job a little too much.
1: Well, yeah. I think so, there's
2: maybe. been enough of those guys in some movies, you know.
0: That sounds like the right kind of companion to have those as long as he's on your, he's on your side. Well, yeah. Mm.
1: <laughs> and, and, you know, to balance him out, you've got that philosophical soldier, uh, melee DPS, uh, Yoon. Okay. So you kind mm. of it balances out a little bit. you got the crazy, you know, gun-happy person, a little more. Philosophical,
2: right? The philosophical mm. soldier. Hmm. Yeah. And yoon's pretty interesting. He's a Gand, so every, pretty much everything he says is all subtitled. But uh, <laughs> he's 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 almost like kind of having Yoda around, just the way he talks. It's kind of this very, um, um as kind of as the show notes say, he's just very philosophical. Speaks in you know, just kind of a almost very omniscient way and some, sometimes referring to himself in the third person
0: mm-hmm. yeah. uh, speaking of the show notes all of this stuff is broken out in the show notes if you go to jupiterbroadcasting.com look for Torque 6 a lot of these points that the ladies are covering will be there
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and then just moving on to the uh, Republic Troopers storyline really quick um, what you're going basically who you are is you start off the game when you're a trooper you are recently out of the Academy, you're in Spec Force Division, you're the new, you're a new young hotshot joining Mm. um, the Republic military's most elite unit called Havoc Squad, and essentially you take on the missions that no one else can.
1: You are the, when the army of one needs needs something, you get sent.
0: Awesome. So it's kind of, you know, that's kind of how it is for my Sith Inquisitor too, is Mm -hmm. uh, when there's, uh, when they've sent in the troops and nobody's been able to get the job done, they send me in. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of that same yep. vibe. Well, interesting.
2: So, so, and I'll just give a quick, equipment uh, quick rundown for both the uh, the classes. Yeah. So, with um, the imperial agent, uh, to start off with, um, cunning is your primary stat. Period. Oh, okay. okay. Um, mm-hmm. look, f- uh, all you're going to be looking for from there on in is after you're boosting your cunning then you're definitely gonna want to try and strike the balance to boost out your crit rating and your surge rating more than anything else because of course with your sniper you're trying to get those really powerful shots off or powerful explosive droid an agent you're trying to or sorry an operative you want the the vibro knife stamp to be really potent or really strong heal, so you're gonna want to boost the crits so of course the crits are going to be much are much more frequent, and then also the surge just to make those crits that much more potent. Mm. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I wouldn't worry so much about the power stat, just because you're going to you're going to try and make those crits um, that much more often and that much bigger. So those really aren't something huge to worry about. Um, the only other thing you might want to consider is throwing a little bit of alacrity in there so you can get that uh, ambush or snipe off a little bit quicker. Or in the case of uh, the operative healers, get the some some of those heals cast a little bit quicker. If you need to get them to save sure. teammates' life, mm-hmm. sure. then moving on to the trooper, um, essentially what you're going to be after is aim for most of the classes, with the exception of course tanking. But with um, the commandos or DPS vanguards, aim primary stat, and then power, create, surge, and alacrity pretty much in that order. Um, Create and surge can take more of a priority for commandos doing uh, the gunnery tree, doing DPS. You want a little bit more crit and surge than you will want anything else just to make yourself um, really potent damage output. Whereas um, with um, something like vanguards or um, the commando healer, then power to make your, your power is going to be a little bit more important make the heals overall more more potent and also get some of that alacrity if you're a healer get those cast times down a little bit just so you can say again save teammates save companion so they don't end up dead and then yeah. lastly endurance being your primary focus if you are a tanking vanguard then after that look for armors and things like that with uh, defense shield and absorption ratings, boost boost those up so you're just you are um, a walking fortress and you know just covered in duro steel and you <laughs> well, know, you know. Siths can swing at you with their lightsaber all day. Nothing's gonna <laughs> happen. Big
1: giant wall between you know bad guys and everyone who's actually trying to kill and your healers is is slightly useful sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, there you go. There is the torqued summary of the Imperial agent. And the Republic Trooper. Now, one of the things that's been going on since uh, Torch 5 is a lot of talk in the media about Star Wars The Old Republic's numbers. So I think it's our turn to give our take on it in the Torch News. It's time for the Torch News. The first story, just like I teased a moment ago, is uh, the whole Star Wars The Old Republic losing losing players, not losing players. Well, of course... Uh, BioWare uh, came out and was talking with GameSpots uh, editor and said that they claim that their subscribe numbers are not dipping, but the concurrent users are.
1: Yeah, so just kind of saying that that's that's the reason why they're, you know, the light server populations that you see when you log in. and Some people have been kind of uh, concerned about that, saying, how 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 much of the numbers dropped? Like you said, they're just saying that it's concurrent numbers and there's a chance that should this continue, they might offer some sort of uh, server merges or free character transfers to um, certain servers to maybe boost the population of those, give people a better, you know, active population at any one time.
0: Right. Uh, What do you think? Does that kind of sound like, to me, it sounds a little bit like crap because you don't generally have low concurrent players unless you have less players. And you're not generally talking server merges unless you're expecting not to have a lot more players. Well, in my experience.
1: Possibly. I mean, you don't want to oversell the fact that there's lower numbers. I mean, it's a brand new MMO. You want to say yeah.
0: you this have seems the numbers. Like me, but it, to me, I guess maybe a better way to say is it seems like spin.
1: Well, you know, a couple months in, there, it's perfectly reasonable to say that people will be logging on at different times. They're not spending, you know, sure. 20 hours a day on that the That initial game.
0: burst of like, oh my God, new, no, I got to check it out is over. Yeah.
1: Must live on Tatooine, must live on Hoth right. for a month. Right. And not, you know, pure, real world sun right. or anything. Right, But, you know, it's, it's died down a little bit. So it's understandable there'd be some, some concurrent user dip in population. Word. Now the, the future we'll see exactly what's going on, but I am hopefully not worried too much about this.
0: No, hopefully mm. not. In fact, we've got another yeah. story that might help with that, but uh, Nikki, you have any thoughts on that?
2: Um, yeah, I was just um, looking through some of what was said, and um, there was definitely kind of that original hype. The game gets released, but um one of the things I think that's been happening is that a lot of servers got open and a lot of people went on a lot of different servers, yeah. Yeah. whereas because um, you know, things have kind of died down, some of the, uh-huh. the hype's gone away. And we're just seeing, especially just with um, the Torque crew itself, um, some of those server populations… Uh, reason I think some of them are dwindling is because all of a sudden friends realized um, other friends or old friends, old acquaintances, old gaming buddies, they're on different servers and Mm -hmm. they've essentially decided, and some of them have actually decided, okay, well, I have my character over on this server, but because I want to play with all my friends and they're all over on the other server... I'm going to bite the bullet and remake my character on the server with all my friends. So the reason you're seeing those light populations in part, I think, is because people are doing their own um, self-serve server migration, as it were, um, and not waiting for character transfer. I think a lot of them will still transfer those characters after the fact, but I think that's kind of the biggest thing is those people who Mm -hmm. came in just to try it out that's kind of died off so that's where you're getting some of the light population yeah, it's but just a swing people, when we just when mm-hmm. we just
1: locked when the game was fresh you had those extremely long wait periods for some people and <laughs> yeah. we all pulled out our hair and you know and it's it's died down a little bit now and so everyone's like wait now right. i'm complaining mm-hmm. about now, the population right. not being high enough it'll
0: stabilize out yeah i mm-hmm. agree
2: yeah and i also, some of some of the stuff, like um, there was rumors about losing giant amounts of people, and I think it's just some of that, I think, is there's a few, per, perhaps a few MMOs getting a little long in the tooth. I won't name names, um, mm. you know, going and introducing Kung Fu Pandas or something crazy like yeah. that. But um, essentially, you know. they're you know, they're just um, making up stuff to, you know, rain on the new person's parade. Nikki, while
0: we're uh, chatting with you, you had a story about PV ch- PvP changes, and uh, one of the,
2: uh, Greg Zuler, right? He came out and uh, was mm-hmm. like, giving us some background info. What did you get? Um, yeah, that's uh, just another quick update for the PvPers. Uh, what's ended up happening is the formula for expertise rating has changed, and if anyone's doing a lot of PvP, they are already familiar with uh, expertise, but for those who aren't, and um, Expertise is basically introduced when you hit level 50. Your PvP, all of a sudden, you're not just basing it on your regular stats. Expertise comes into play. And essentially what that does is it it's your boost for um, your buffs, uh, damage resistance from other players, boosts your damage output against other players, your healing, and that sort of thing. So what they've done is they've changed it so that PvP gear, is now even more important because they were finding that uh, certain raid gear was actually doing more for um, players in PvP than the PvP gear was, and I th- actually think this is kind of a good thing that they're making the expertise more, um, making the expertise more relevant, so that um, once you hit level fifty, you have that completely new stat that makes allows PvP to. Kind of be its own self-contained thing, so that because um, I always think that there needs to be a little bit of a disconnect between PVP and PVE because um, you really don't want a situation where um, you know uh, one of one of the other system is causing or affecting negatively affecting the other. so you don't want the player versus environment content or content negatively affecting PVP and vice versa. So by making the expertise stat more important, you basically end up with this in a situation where you go, you get your PvP gear, you go in PvP, great, you're more effective with that gear. But then because you were a hardcore PvP or leveling up, it doesn't necessarily give you an advantage with gear by going in there. Or if you're a very good raider, you can all of a sudden get gear that's superior to people who just PvP,
1: yeah, which the, is essentially P- what
2: George Solar was addressing.
1: Yeah, that PvE, PvP balancing gear is, you know, is always going to be an interesting how do they do it, how do they balance it and mm-hmm. what's important in various places.
2: Yeah. They just wanted to make absolutely sure that PvP gear is best for PvP, PV player versus environment gear is best for raiding, hard mode flashpoints, et cetera. So there's not um, you know, a situation where one set of gear from the other pool is actually better than something from you know the the first pool, and they're mixing, and certain people are kind of getting shortchanged because they don't raid or they don't PvP or something mm, like that. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, good points. All right, well, this might help with uh, their whole numbers uh, problem that we were talking about. Uh, the T, there's a TV campaign launching, and mm-hmm. on top of that, Bioware is expanding Star Wars: Old Republic into new European and Middle Eastern countries. So this is interesting because it's actually three i believe separate videos that are all up on youtube right now so you can actually check them out we have links in the show notes but there's a video for the legacy video for the jedi and a video for the sith and i believe these are going to be aired in all kinds of different areas not just the ones that they're launching in uh coming up so this could mm-hmm. be a decent push maybe we'll see some subscriber numbers go up from this mm-hmm. Yep,
1: and yep. it'll be very helpful for the people in those locations you know it'll have a server closer to them so that'll be you know nice in the have quicker availability for them
2: right right mm-hmm. and something also to point out if somebody saw the original set of commercials from tor these newer commercials they also have the um, i think it's lance henriksen i uh, he played uh, bishop in the aliens uh, movies movies voice of master nostril on the on tor's website but um he's doing the voiceovers for these commercials if you see them he's you know just He's very well done voiceover mm-hmm. talking about, you know, just with, especially with the Jedi and Sith trailers from, um, just kind of selling it and just, I don't I think there's Are you this kind of a person? You some, should
1: be a Jedi. Are you that kind of a person? You sure. should be the Sith. Mm-hmm. You know, very... Just...
2: Take our personality test. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just a um, good, uh, good set of visuals and, you know, next round, really trying to sell the game. Kind of like how he saw and um, another to-be-unnamed MMO breaking out people like Mr. T and Chuck Norris and William Shatner. Now,
0: wow. uh, one of the things that they slipped in to the 1.2 patch was actually mm-hmm. this framework to detect what players were attempting to do as exploits in the game. Nikki, did you see the story about action being taken against exploits and cheats? Um,
2: yes, I did. Um, with 1.2, they decided to take a few extra measures because they were seeing, again... Um, in primarily in pvp here uh speed pa- hacking and teleportation cheats so just generally people being able to move a lot faster and or teleporting and i know that you know as, as soon as people start cheating you know not only you know they're just generally ruining the game experience for a lot of people who legitimately want to go in there and play and i also wouldn't be surprised if maybe the reason why. Hit- uh, the ranked war zones were held back. Part of the reason, aside from making them look that much better, is they all of a sudden, you know, they were seeing this going on, they were monitoring it, they weren't able to track it down as well as they wanted to, whereas now they figure they've got a good way to watchdog it. Mm. So now mm. with ranked war zones, because it's for your ranking, you know, it's they're playing in the big leagues for those ranked war zones, they don't want people exploiting it, so... If anything, um props to anyone looking at um the PvP, making sure these exploits are no longer happening, because the last thing you want is um someone coming in running exploits and cheating and ruining the experience because that's just not fair to anyone who's, you know, legitimately trying to get become that war right. hero or right. right. yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. get on top of the rankings.
1: You know, it's losing the fun, it's losing the match. It's, there's a lot of things going on that you just want everyone to play on the same set of rules.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yeah. And, go ahead.
2: Oh, I was just going to say, the one thing Bioware definitely doesn't want, especially to, for people to take uh, their PvP seriously, you don't want to have any chance that uh, someone's going to say, oh, the best PvP in, in Star Wars SeaWorld Republic is probably using exploits. This way, crack down on it. It's not even a discussion anymore.
0: Then what am I going to blame when I lose? Um, (laughs) uh, So uh, Star Wars The Republic's game director popped up this week and uh, talked a little game event stuff, didn't he, Heather?
1: Yes, I very much loved the the Rakul event. I admitted it was a really popular event that more things like this are going to go on in the future where it just sort of pops up in game. There have actually been a couple of smaller events that are kind of snuck in. that have passed, you know, a certain color crystal egg or some little pets, um, through Easter eggs or whatever. So there there's a lot of different sizes and a lot of different ways you could find it out and how well they announce it. One thing I did see is they're interested in making them one-off events. So what I was reading is that it may be possible that the rackwell event was a Rackwell event. Does it come back or not? Question mark. You know, so you can say Hey, I remember when we we had that, when that happened, we got this pet. So it's interesting. They put a lot of work into this. Mm -hmm. So I, on one hand, think that it would be something that these kind of big events would come back. But it seems to me that they're thinking about making it just this happened in history. It's it's
0: kind of interesting how they did it, right? Because they didn't create, uh, well, for the part that I played, there Uh wasn't any new maps generated. It was just taking the existing assets and adding new NPCs and things like that yeah. to them. So yeah, I guess it seems like an economical way to do it.
1: Well, yeah, it's definitely the way to do it. It's not that you don't have to create, like I said, you don't have to create a whole new map. You mm-hmm. can just dump these activities into this area and mm-hmm. pull them out when it's, when it's done. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, there were, you know, NPCs and, you know, a lot of visual assets made. So it would be interesting if these kind of things were one-off events. And it makes that more compelling that to stick with your character.
0: James Olin? Mm-hmm. Is it Olin? Is that how you say it?
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. We have a link to his Twitter account, mm-hmm. too, in the show notes. Yes, mm-hmm. we do. And something I can just think just worth mentioning briefly is even this, well, two things. With the way the Rackle event works with this one, it gives Star Wars The Young Republic um, a much more finite timeline. Because when you think about how they've done, uh, especially the Bioware uh, games. There was Knights of the Old Republic, there was, of course, its sequel, and then now with the Old Republic, it's def- there's very definite timeline. There are characters that are ever present in this timeline. So, they're probably wanting to make this the Um, the events and the game in and of itself exist in a certain period of time and really give you that continuity Yeah. so that Mm -hmm. as the game progresses they can say, you know, especially just with the Rack being self-contained, there's there's, they can start by saying, okay, it starts on Taurus, then at this point it moved to Tatooine, there was an outbreak, and then it was, you know, it subsided, and then it moves to another planet, there's some new content, so the Rackgold event can come back, but it's not the same. Right. It happens in a chronological True. order. It spreads, that, yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah. there is a mm-hmm. historical timeline so, going on throughout all these events that... Well, and it makes you want to get in and play them
2: all, too, because you don't want well, to miss yeah,
1: them. exactly. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And anyone who, say hasn't subscribed to star wars yet they would see hey they've got these events they hear about the radical events so when it so when they hear about the next one coming anyone who hasn't been there to experience it is just really pumped to see it come back right right and yeah. Yeah. the latest incarnation of something like that
0: speaking of things that are really pumped ea's stock got some pumping this week didn't it nikki
2: mm-hmm. yes uh, there was a rumor that nexon uh, Korean company was uh, considering buying out uh, EA or just uh, something, uh, the exact one, uh, Nexon contacting EA about making an offer, no word as to what was going to happen. But essentially, um, I think in a lot of cases, and quoting our our expert here, um, the idea just the idea of Nixon buying out uh, electronic cards seems just a little preposterous, given the amount of cash you would take from you know for Nixon to build up in order for them to actually acquire EA yeah. and um, essentially if anything, and what you'd be seeing is something perhaps more like a merger mm. Um, mm. there is possibility that maybe somebody's there's going to be um, uh, an a divestiture and acquisition. Mm possibility perhaps you know swapping of divisions you know if nexon's got some um stake in north america ea's got some stake over in asia somewhere They'll oh, okay. do a trade <laughs> or perhaps some kind of a merger sort of thing but the idea of a sheer buyout um just seems a little bit far-fetched but um also there's certain possibilities you know if there was like buyout or some kind of merger or takeover that um, U.S. government could step in because, of course, then there's uh, the monopoly. monopoly laws. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be really big, and, yeah. And also, there's um, there might be slight um, possibility of you know um, U.S. job protection coming in there, but again, this yeah, you know, a lot of this, is all, moving, this is all this is all very out there because, of course, it's rumor. They all yeah. both companies say we don't speculate on rumors. And, well, well, I guess know, we'll know more.
0: I mean, we'll just kind of look at it and watch the story and see what happens. Maybe nothing yeah. will happen.
2: You never know. Yeah, oh. And like I said, Nexon could have made an offer for any number of random things. It doesn't mean the whole company. Huh. It could have just been certain assets changing hands or EA trying to get rid of something because again, Asian market, they're trying to get rid of stuff that, you know, it's kind of like um, the fifth wheel. So get yeah. to somebody who can actually make use of the assets. Right. Just that sort of thing. Right. That makes sense. I think it's more likely yeah. than any yep. than any big huge blockbuster deal. I agree. I agree. All right, well let's
0: uh let's keep moving right along because we're gonna kick it over to our first math segment in Torque, and this week Heather's gonna tell us all about Rested XP. Welcome to the Torch Math segment. Heather is here and we're going to talk Rested XP. I think all of us are probably pretty familiar with the concept, but SOTOR does its own implementation and Heather's had a chance to go through the numbers and you're going to break it down for us, aren't you, Heather? Yes. All right. So tell me about Rested XP and how I can maximize my Rested XP.
1: Okay. Well, Rested XP, it's intended for players uh, kind of give a boost to XP for players who may not be able to log on as often as some of their friends. So if you are able to get in the game as much often as you want to. So if you log out in a rest area, um, like it's Cantina, the fleet, your personal ship. Mm-hmm. And when you log out, it sort of boosts, it gives you this boost. You yeah. see it um, as a green bar when you come back in.
0: Right, sort of an race. overlay over the existing XP area. And yeah. I've noticed that the longer I'm away from the game in these rested areas, the more rested XP I get.
1: That's right. So. You build up this rested XP and you get a higher uh, XP rate for each kill, you know, and various things that you do. So what it breaks down to is you get about, you can get 100% of your current level over the course of a week.
0: Oh, okay. So if
1: it takes, you know, 20,000 for the level you're at, you can gain up to that much of rested XP, even if it rolls into the next level.
0: So if I'm gone for a week, I essentially get my entire XP amounts worth of rested XP as well. So yes, that's pretty nice, actually. Yep.
1: So in pretty much math's out to about 14.3% of per day. Okay. So you can get that extra boost per day. So what you might want to do is you have secondary characters or alts. Make sure you log them out in a rest zone. So when you come back, you can get that boost to get them caught up. Much faster,
0: right? There you go. Now, so so if it's uh, so if it's based off that, then if I'm at a higher level, then that actually would probably mean I get l- it takes longer, or does it? Is it is t- it take the same amount of time depending on my level? It's just the amount that I get is different. Is that how it works? It
1: scales the same. So okay. at level twenty, it takes a week. At level forty-nine, it takes a week.
0: Oh, okay, That's So easy. it's just
1: the amount of XP for that level. You know, so level you know forty-five or forty-nine, it is more XP than you would get at 20, you know, the, the, the exact number. Um, level 24 takes 126,500 roughly. Right. So you can get that much XP points doubled for however long until you use it up.
0: And so it's at the weak point that it just stops collecting rested XP and you're just not yeah. getting any kind of benefit? Yeah, you're there not you getting
1: any extra benefit. Yeah,
0: And then, of but, course, you know when you've played through it because the green bar below is no longer green anymore. It's just your regular yeah. XP bar.
1: Yep.
0: any other tidbits we should know about Rested XP
1: Uh, not much it's just it's really handy for like I said the secondary characters or if you're able to play every day maybe a friend can't yeah then it'll help them bridge the gap between the two of you
0: yeah absolutely All right. well there's uh, there's Torque's look at Rested XP I think we've got some community Q&A now Welcome back. Now uh, the uh, community Q and A kicked off this week, April twenty seventh, and uh, Heather, I think you have a little information there about events, don't you?
1: Yeah, we were talking about it with the Rackles. There's, they've already have plans for future events, um, how to make these, you know, server wide, small, all the different sizes, how they announce them. You know, they've already had great success with these, so they're looking forward to making these come more often in the future.
0: Very
2: nice, very nice.
0: Dual specs, Nikki. You want to take that one?
2: Um, yeah. For dual specking, uh, first and foremost, I'm gonna have to say, shenanigans. Bioware. Uh, dual specking is huge in a lot of other MMOs. Um, there's no current plans um, for for it to be in patch 1.3. Um, looks like it's more along the lines of 1.4. And just to clarify, dual specking is going with, say, a Sith warrior as an example. Dual specking is the for example, a tanking tree or swapping over to a damage tree. It's not dual-specking as in swapping your advanced class between Juggernaut and Marauder. So again, clarification with that. But that, but being able to swap your skill tree on the fly or just before you start a flashpoint sort of thing, that's not any um, not close right now. So um, like I said, huge it should be something it's really hyped but it's not coming quite yet so it's kind of like come on guys poke poke let's, let's see that happen
0: <laughs> yeah i hear you they have it tentatively scheduled for 1.4 tentatively scheduled mm-hmm. all right yep. So, uh, datacrons and legacy systems came up. Currently, need to be collected on every character to gain the benefits, was mentioned. Also, a proposal to have them benefit across all characters in legacy is being considered. So, I think people Mm -hmm. are probably happy to hear that. Mm -hmm. Crafting math. Yep.
2: Um, Crafting math. um, Essentially, with uh, baseline crit chance was one of the questions, and uh, reverse engineering, things like that. So, baseline critical to get uh, your augments, the fourth slot on orange gear or um, the augment slot on a lot of green-blue. What you're what you're looking at for those, for getting those crits when crafting an item, if you're at orange difficulty, meaning it's uh, you've just barely unlocked the ability to start making said item, it's about a 10% chance. Once it goes uh, yellow or um, yellow-green-gray, you're looking at about 15% chance to actually get that crit and then get that extra slot in the uh, your piece of gear. And then uh, moving into the companion bonuses for... Uh, crafting. Companions with bonuses uh, specified uh, plus one up to plus five is usually plus one percent to up to plus five percent respectively. So for each plus, there's a percent. Pretty straightforward. And then the affection level as to how that works. The Affection level is actually pretty crucial here as uh, using a companion with a plus two bonus on, say, a green level crafting machine with uh, maximum affection, it offers you a 22% bonus. So you're just, so you have, you're gaining um, your maximum affection, which of course being 20%, then your extra 2% for their bonus. So Be nice to your companions, give them some gifts, build them up, butter them up any way you can. Mm. They'll maybe be (laughs) a better companion for you. And less are essentially meaning that uh, every 2,000 points of affection gained plus 1%. So that's just quick and dirty way of looking at it. Every 2,000 points Mm -hmm. plus 1% better at everything they do. And that even counts your ship now with patch 1.2 so you can be nice to your trip Jared, even though he won't be quiet oh, good <laughs> to know
0: thank you for warning me
2: <laughs>
1: alright Heather take it uh, social gear uh, present when you go to buy it they're locked as light BDM heavy uh, patch 1.3 they'll be able to adapt to your proficiency so if I see an imperial trooper helmet it'll adapt to me so that I have light to my light armor on my Jedi consular or you know similarly if somebody is a, a trooper sees something on the light gear it'll transform to them so i i want my digital character to look the absolutely the best she can i get to and it will adapt to me and more choices the better as far as what you want to look at and like and how it goes forward into the game
2: because mm, slave girl it makes so much sense as heavy armor absolutely why not
1: <laughs> it, if it makes sense going into battle whoever wants to wear it because you wear it <laughs> uh well while we're talking
0: about uh some gear a little bit. The question of uh, combination mods while leveling came up and uh, the answer was basically as such. Not intended to be optimal for your class while you're leveling. It's more like it's designed to encourage you to seek out a crafter for custom orders, but it'll do the job in the meantime. And I grok that because that's the whole, uh, you know, like for me, I don't craft, but going out and finding somebody else who plays who does craft makes it a social experience. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh, my, uh, those combinations generally make uh, just will generally make your damage more potent as you're leveling up but uh, as you you probably saw with our live play today i handed chris some stuff that's generally going to uh, much more specific to his lightsaber his sorcerer so join a guild befriend a crafter that's tuned to your class or do it yourself and it'll improve your experience
1: uh-huh. very great very great all right heather Oh. Okay. Giro gear, companion gear, unify colors. I was so excited when this came on my main (laughs) character. I don't look like a cow because I am obsessed with exactly how my character wants to look. And (laughs) I want my companion to look the same. I want my companions to look good. So their unifying color is going to be coming. And finally, their little head slot will be able to be, you decide whether it's seen or not. Because companion headgear is awful and terrible sometimes. And... During cutscenes, I just want to take their helmet off, yeah. Have the cutscene, and then mm-hmm. just slap it back on, yeah. Because it's- I don't want to have a terrible big helmet and have their voice all muffled because they're speaking through a helmet.
2: I agree. Mm-hmm. That that actually was something that um, well, other than your uh, companion continually looking like a clown, changing their gear over, <laughs> that with Blizz with my bounty hunter, they just <laughs> thing, it was driving me nuts because I would give him my old helmet because he used a similar stance to my bounty hunter and it sounded like he was talking because i mean the helmet is probably as big as Blizz, so it just sounds like he's talking into a cavern and, <laughs> <oy>. <laughs>
0: poor blizz uh nikki we got one on here flagged for you about uh loot drops
2: uh yes um for anyone who's been in a flashpoint um harbour flashpoint or in uh, a raid and you've gone through it and then all of a sudden it's like hey that gear that just dropped off that boss um that's for a sith assassin we don't have a sith assassin in this group what wtf yeah, and what a you know, keyboards yeah. flying and yeah, right things like that well um the loot tables are going to be further adjusted and they're going to be increasingly biased toward um any uh the classes that are in your group it's going to be tuned or more finely tuned so i think it's not just base class it's going to be tune much more even to advanced class, although so they don't right. although they don't say it, I think that's kind of what they're going for. And also um they have pretty much said that in like endgame flashpoints have not been using this loop bias thus far that's um, gonna change. And the idea being that this is intended to almost not hundred percent but almost guarantee high level drop that would be useful to useful to someone in your group during specific in game flashpoint yeah. and or a raid. Cause the last thing you want, again, like I said, to get something that I mean, especially if um it's your base class. So but if you're a sniper and you get something that drops for an operative, you're just gonna be like, what? I can't finish my set bonus with this. And you know, you spent those three hours defeating Karaga or Soa in the Eternity Vault or, you know, taking down um, that and then in the hard mode flashpoint you're
0: just like ugh, ugh it's not what i need <laughs> <laughs> it's so close but not there yeah yeah it's very frustrating almost the only thing that would make me feel better is if i could yes. pick my character up and move it to a server with all of my friends i'm sure that's happening yes. really soon right heather
1: Yes, rolling out early this summer. Ah. Um, first there's going to be some free transfers to okay. and from very specific servers. Oh. I think it's kind of along the hot population low population we're ah. talking about earlier, kind of allowing people to kind of move and congregate. It's you know, later they're talking about promotional transfers, paid services. I knew that the paid service was going to come. They can't not do that. I'm looking forward to that so I can pick up old characters that I did on my first server, drop them into my my new friend server. So be able to do that. It's nice. It's coming. All right.
0: I'm- Early summer's not so bad. Yeah. Right. I guess not. All right. We got another. Uh, we have another items Q and A uh, one that came up, didn't we, Nikki?
2: Hmm. Yes. This one's regarding the armor set bonuses. Now, right now, uh, item set bonuses uh, can actually have those uh, extracted and moved to orange gear, so you're moddable. You can get whatever look you want based on that orange gear. However, um, this is passed through um this is passed through your armoring. So when you of course when you open up the gear modification screen, armoring, modification, and enhancement, it's attached to the armoring piece. Now, something that I know a few people are a little bit peeved about. This only works on new armors added since 1.2. Mm. So the all the column gear that uh, my uh Sith sorcerer is wearing can't be passed or can't go and pass on that set bonus but can be passed on with like the uh, the campaign gear which is brand new for the nightmare modes so um you can pass it on with the older gear being uh tiny and ricotta but if you're running those uh, nightmare hard modes yeah or some of the newer gear like I bel- I believe you might be able to do it with the new Battle Master but I'm not a hundred percent sure but you can definitely do it with um War Hero, because it's been added past, uh, after patch 1.2, so with your PvP armors, um, what you could potentially do is just move, move those sets or move the set bonuses over and not just change mods out, things like that, so if you don't like the look of, um, let's say your campaign gear, or you have a very specific look with pieces of orange gear, like, um, the legacy gear you can buy on your Capital World, you can actually buy that gear, swap all your um, in-game other PvP uh, mods and set bonuses in, or the uh, campaign uh, mods into those um, very specific orange moddable pieces to get that certain look for that um, narcissistic Jedi in your life. Ah. Hey! <laughs> oh, hey, have wor-
1: resemble that. Oh, no, we're not saying anything. Gear.
0: I'm just saying. it's just, Some people, some people might be interested gear, in though. that. <laughs> All right, well, because the 1.2 patch is old and busted and we need something new and shiny, <laughs> they also slipped out a little info about patch 1.3. One yep. of the features that they're talking about introducing in patch 1.3 is a group finding system. Now, uh, not groundbreakingly new here, but not something every MMO has and definitely something I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, mm-hmm. the next stage of the legacy system, which uh, we can already kind of get a little peek at from the in-game menu, is mm-hmm. also going to roll mm-hmm. out into the one dot three patch.
2: Yep, check out your legacy system. You'll see some of that uh, new stuff being teased. It's up and coming. It's going to be great or great stuff. You can actually, if you look at the legacy trailer, there's a section around uh, just a few seconds video that says "and more to come." Check that out. You'll see a couple of quick glimpses. Um, really good stuff. Yeah. And just going back quickly to the group finding system, mm-hmm. you need help finding that healer for for a, a heroic or flashpoint right. trying to find tank. Make your life a little bit easier. Just because right now the current helping or social thing to find players not quite served, um, not quite up to snuff. Mm. Yeah.
0: Well, speaking of uh, things coming up, uh, next yeah. week on Torque, we visit the Guardians of Peace and Justice in the Old Republic. The Jedi Knight and the Jedi Counselor learn how they intend to keep the Sith Empire from dominating the galaxy. And a new math segment with Nikki, the Hard Mode Flashpoint and Operation Preparation Guide, where she'll share the secrets of forging your level 50 into a viable Hard Mode Flashpoint and Operation Ready Machine. Oh yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. There
2: we go, ladies. It's going to be great. Tune in.
0: Yeah, I think that's our whole show, yeah? I think so. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks very much, ladies. And thank you, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode of Tort. We'll see you right back here next week. And may the force be with you.